0: Hey, Medford Bites listeners, and happy Valentine's Day. Listen until the end of today's episode to hear some special Valentine's Day messages. Today's interview is with two very special Medford residents, David Harris and Barry Ingber. David Harris, now retired, has been recognized as a leading voice for civil rights in the Boston region and has spoken extensively at local, regional, and national forums on civil rights, regional equity, and fair housing. Barry Ingber, also retired, is a community activist and organizer working with local groups including People Power and Safe Medford. In the following interview, David Harris speaks with great pride about being a resident of West Medford. To introduce today's interview, I'll read an excerpt from the prologue of A Legacy Remembered, the African American Community in Medford, created and edited by Kristen Johnson, Ann Noling, and the West Medford Remembrance Committee, who include Wallace Kuntz, Dorothy Elizabeth Tucker, Maureen Sani, Robert Fury, and John Reed. Focusing on the history of West Medford and the residents that have made their mark on Medford, the prologue states, The concern about losing this history is real. We refer to ours as lost history, a story that is fading as quickly as our elders die and our families move away. Most of the history of this neighborhood resides with the memories of these few remaining elders. Our families live in the neighborhood between Boston Avenue and Mystic River Road some of whom are direct descendants of the original African-American settlers. They built a community despite times of unspoken discrimination, involuntary segregation, and economic hardship. Within a few city blocks, our ancestors wove a tapestry of support among neighbors. They established small businesses that nourished their families and enhanced the community, created networks that protected and advanced next generations in ways that never ex- they never experienced themselves and over time solidified their reputations as substantial and effective advocacy group for this independent african-american neighborhood a legacy remembered includes moving tributes to many of these important and historical medford residents i got a copy from the medford public library and recommend checking it out hopefully it's a helpful supplement to listening to david share his thoughts and feelings in this interview i hope you enjoy Thank you both for um, joining me today. But if we could start just by introducing yourself, saying your um, names, pronouns, and just a bit about yourself.
1: Go ahead, Barry.
2: (laughs) Okay, I'm Barry Ingber. I identify as he. And I've lived in uh, Medford for 35 years. I am a retired uh, activist. in Medford, and uh, my career was spent largely working, primarily working in nonprofits with low income and diverse communities, uh, and I began my career as a low income community organizer.
0: Thank
1: you. Uh, well, listen, I'm glad to be here. I'm David Harris, I use the He Series. Um, I. Um, and, and, and I'm recently retired. I've, I've been a resident of West Medford for 27 years. Um, and uh, you know, I've had a career in civil rights and race injustice. and justice. You and know, I have a, a graduate degree, a doctorate in sociology. Um, and um, uh, my, my most recent, I retired from the Charles Hamilton Houston Institute for Race and Justice at Harvard Law School last May. Uh, So I'm really, you know, really pleased to be here and be part of this conversation.
0: Thank you. Congrats on your retirement and thanks for making the time. Um, So we have a really important conversation to get to today. And before we get to that, the sort of common thread for the episodes um, is to ask folks what their favorite place to eat is in Medford and what they like to eat there.
1: So, you know, you know, you you said that, so I'll do this one first, (laughs) you know this is really this is really trouble, but I'm, I'm gonna give a huge plug to Goldilocks mm. I mean, huge Goldilocks that's it okay
2: yeah. <laughs> well, uh, for me it's like uh, are we talking pre-pandemic or are we talking now? Um, uh, my favorite place to get takeout is from uh, the the uh, Tam Yum Kung uh, mm. and i i Love their uh, superior duck.
0: That's
1: mm-hmm. oh. if you can get through the door. right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, we were just there the other day. So that's a good, that's right. That's good.
0: Yeah. I, I, I talked to um, Shannon Heaton, who's like a community member and a, an artist, and she spent some time living in Thailand and also listed that as her favorite restaurant. So that feels like a good endorsement. Um,
1: yeah, no, that's true.
0: Yeah. Uh, so so um, I'd ask you both to join me. I think this idea came out of um the the holiday um celebration at city hall um just last month um and so this idea of trying to have conversations about um inclusivity in a in a broader way and just thinking about it as something that um we hope for the community of medford and thinking about um you know i'm hoping that um david you can talk a little bit about your work around this topic um and barry as well Um, so yeah i think um maybe we can start
1: there Sure. So again, I, you know, I want to say, you know, I'm, I'm really tickled and glad to be able to be in this conversation with you and with Barry. Uh, you know, um, it, you know, it's important to me as a as a resident of Medford for us to 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 tackle these kinds of things in the city. And so, uh, but you know, I I I think of. Uh, I have a kind of historical perspective, and and I know we're probably all worn out with all the 1619 talk and controversy, and um, but I I do think that 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 I want to I want to make a point by starting there. First, I'll start by saying that you know that. Uh, there, there were Africans on these shores 100 years before 1619, as we know. And, uh, but 1619 is, is relevant for American history, uh, because we know sometime in late August, uh, some unknown number of captured uh, uh, Africans landed on these shores. And we just acknowledged that a couple of years ago. I think Donald Trump might be the only person who acknowledged that on July 30th, of 1619 was the first uh, uh, convening of uh, representative government in the uh, English colonies. And that uh, assembly uh, included uh, propertied uh, white Christian men only. Not only did it exclude the Africans who hadn't arrived yet, it excluded women, it excluded Native people, it excluded those who didn't own property. And this little snippet, those, two, those few weeks, to me, encapsulate American history. It is a history of exclusion. And part of that exclusion is the imprecision with which the arrival of these Africans is, is, is recorded. It's, 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 it's incidental to our history. Uh, and, and I think that that exclusion and the, uh, the unimportance of those Africans, not to mention uh, indigenous people, is then captured and, and enshrined in, in that beautifully written, eloquently uh, phrased, we the people. And as a nation, we, we, we celebrate that almost as a sacred oath, right? that we think of our nation as being formed by, by and for we the people. But from the very beginning, from 1619 to 1787, that we the people has been limited, and it has been exclusive, and uh, we have uh, we have been caught. I think in the tension between this great lie, which is that we are the we the people, and a constant struggle, right, of of those who have been excluded, to 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 be included, to be part of uh, this society, and I think that tension uh uh has pl- clearly has played its way out over these centuries and continues to 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 uh to, to really haunt us in in our our, our regular routine affairs as is you know i think as barry can give some examples
0: yeah
2: well yeah i also want to thank you danielle for uh for doing this and for for uh inviting me here with with david um And thank you, David, for setting that that context. So uh, probably your audience is all familiar with what happened uh, at the City Hall holiday extravaganza. Um, And I think it's a really good illustration of a lot of the dynamics that happen in the city. And I wanna skip over completely. I'm gonna figure we've processed at this point how offensive the um menorah um <laughs> that menorah display was to Jews like myself in the city um and and go to what if they had not done that what if they had done this Display perfectly um, if if the menorah wasn't <laughs> backwards, if if it wasn't illustrated with uh, uh, an anti-Semitic um, uh, poster. Um, what if they had done it right? So what we've got is this um, this huge. Um, Christmas display festooning city hall inside and out and a desire to be inclusive. And to be inclusive, the administration or a person in the administration decides to have a table, a little table that includes a Hanukkah menorah, a Kwanzaa Kinara, and a Christmas tree. City Hall is festooned and you've got this little table that's set aside to illustrate um, African-American and Jewish culture. Again, let's pretend that they did it right. What is that? What is that? That's like a little corner of nothing. It's, um, It's meaningless. Um, It's not inclusion, it's tokenism and we have to think about, okay, when you look at this tokenism, which, you know, as a Jew, I didn't feel like that um, affirmed me in any way or would have if it were done right. What I would have felt was it's taking what's actually a minor holiday of mine and pretending it's Jewish Christmas. It's not Jewish Christmas, it's Hanukkah. Um, And it's also, um, it's, it's, it's essentially it's denying my identity, not affirming my identity by subsuming it into a Christmas display. But at the same time as it is at least trying in, um, in a not very meaningful way to include Jewish and African American culture there, who is it excluded? What about the large numbers of Asian Americans from China, from Bangladesh, from India? How do they fit into this extravaganza? And the answer is they don't. They were not even included as tokens.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so I think that if you want to have a Christmas display, you have a Christmas display. And if you want to include other people, then you start inviting the community to have their own displays. You know, five days from today, as we're recording, is the Lunar New Year. Is anything happening for the Lunar New Year? Not that I've heard of, but I wonder, David, um, what was your reaction to the to the quantum display?
1: Well, so you know, I have to tell you as you speak, <laughs> this is this becomes uh, for me a very sensitive issue, right? Um, just so you know, you know, like like I. I, I grew up in in a unitarian family my grandfather was a religious humanist and um, uh, I tell you one of the most formative experiences of my whole life was when I was uh, in third grade uh, we, we used to have this set of books in our house called uh, the, the encyclopedia of natural History and um, my sister was in the fifth grade and she wrote a a uh, she wrote a paper on the Scopes Monkey Trial. Uh, and this was in California, right outside of Los Angeles. And a lot of the teachers in the school were from the Church of Nazarene. And, and at that time, we're talking, um, we're talking the late 1950s, uh, they still have religious education in school. And, and what that meant was that one hour a day, um, uh, one hour a week, uh, kids were released to religious education. Some kids went to Catholic school. Went to Catholic. Some went to uh, Protestant, and there were a lot of Japanese Americans there, and, and they had their own little place. My mother said, "You all aren't going anywhere, right?" And we sat in the room. And my sister wrote this uh, this 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 paper on the Scopes Monkey Trial, and the kids got wind of it. And by the time I came back into my class. The kids were jumping around on their desks like monkeys, yelling at me saying, oh, you think we came from monkeys? And a teacher stood there and didn't do anything, right? And it got so bad at a school that we we had to be withdrawn from that school. We were harassed. And I say that because to me, a Christmas display does not belong at City Hall, period. Mm -hmm. And this goes back to my my comment about the, the great lie. We have a constitution that guarantees a separation of church and state. Why are we having a conversation about any kind of religious observation at City Hall? It's wrong. So, so Barry, I'm sorry. So I don't think, I don't think that all the tokenism, I don't think if you brought every faith you could imagine, which you couldn't do, hmm. because some people don't profess to any faith. Right. Where do you how do they you know no? So 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 again, I think there's part of the problem. Part of the problem is our very notion of uh, an understanding and acceptance of what the actual the, the actual power and miracle of our sacred documents, that constitution mm. is. Mm. We violate it constantly without thinking mm. and and so and so you know to me that's the part of this that's that's what freaked me out about this. Mm. Uh, uh, not, not you know. I mean, um, why a menorah? Why anything? It, because that's supposed to be a safe place, mm-hmm. and you can't, you know. And and it's a, that it is the definition of tokenism. Say, okay, well, we'll let's let's bring it. We'll, we'll make sure there's a little bit for everybody. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, that's there's something wrong with that.
0: I think your point about city hall being a safe place, like maybe that's a, like a transition to think about inclusivity more broadly or, or exclusivity, right? It sounds like, you know, you're bringing up these great points about um, uh, our constitution being made by like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, highlighting the powers of like race, wealth, religion and how those were, there is a dominant, there's like, there are like dominant pieces of that that's, that are, you know, that's what we're sort of up against when we think about inclusivity and being inclusive. Um, and I think there's lots of other things to point to at city hall where this is happening right like we have a city council and a school committee that are like mostly white most, um, I mean city council mostly male. And, and I think there's been reflections on what does it feel like to be a non cis white person going to city hall or interacting with city hall um, and Barry I, I see you have some comments here so I'll go to you.
2: Yeah, I, I want to tell a story but first of all, I, I want to thank David for that I. Um, I gave a misimpression and uh, yeah, I, I don't think that any religious display has uh, has any place in any at any um, in any publicly owned place. Um, and. Um, yeah, uh, so I misspoke on that one, but let me tell a story. This was um, about three and a half years ago. Um, before the first uh, OR folks were elected to city council. We had a city council that was um, all Catholic, all white, and either six or seven of the seven were Italian. You know, so you've got a demographic that's really 20% of the city um, owning the whole thing. Um, But what's relevant here is is that they were all Catholic. So at the beginning um, of the event, um, there was as often, uh, there was a recognition of of somebody who had passed away in the community and and condolences being uh, resolved by the city council. And I watched from the audience as all seven City councilors stood up and did the sign of the cross.
1: Hmm.
2: Now, how do you know? How do I, as a Jew and as an atheist, and I won't go into how I managed to reconcile those, um, but um, how do I, from the audience, deal with this? Like for a moment, am I in City Hall or am I in church? Mm. Um, for one or two members to do that as, you know, an, an act of their personal faith, a reflexive act of their personal faith, is like okay, you know, that's that's cool. But when you see seven out of seven doing it, even though it wasn't planned, it becomes a um, a display that it represents a city yeah. and that 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 city does not include me, does not include David, yeah. um, does not include anybody from the ICC, does not include the many Hindus that are living in, you know, does not include the city. Mm. And that is the sort of thing that I have experienced happening here for 35 years.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: It happened again at the inauguration, Mm -hmm. by the way, where there was, and and again, I think this was an attempt to be inclusive. They invited an African immigrant pastor who's evangelical to give the closing blessing. And he started his benediction with in the name of Jesus Hmm. and repeated that at least three and maybe four times over the course of his benediction. Hmm. And I don't necessarily fault him because I don't know how long he's been here. I don't know, know to what degree he's assimilated and acculturated and understands that that is not appropriate at a civic ceremony. Um, I, I have to fault the administration for not giving, for inviting him and not giving him a heads up about how you do this sort of thing.
1: Yeah, no, Barry, it's interesting because those, you know, your comments raise this question about, um, uh, you know, we should, we can, you know, about, about the public square. I mean, you know, kind of who, you know, there's this idea, you know, what I started to say is who owns the public square, but then that's, that's, that's a crazy notion to begin with too, isn't it? Right. Because you, you know, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, when we bought our house, you know, my, my wife, I joke, my wife jokes with me, we bought this house, you know, like it was a lifelong, you know, you know, and, and, you know, I know I, I knew my, my mother and father never owned a house. Right. And I said to her, I said, you know, well, you know, we can. We'll never own the land. I said, you know, so, so we we have the house, but you know, the the land isn't ours. Right? Mm. And uh, you know, it's a, you know, and I, I meant it. I mean, you know, and it's not hard for me to reconcile. It's not hard for me to understand that I don't own this land. Mm. Uh, but that's the that's the language we have, and this idea that we own the public square, uh, and, and 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 that means it's for me. It's not for you. The whole notion of ownership, right? And and so 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 but having having kind of acknowledged my misstep in thinking there about who owns the public square, the question is, kind of in a way, what is the public square, right? You know, uh, how do we how do we think about it differently, right? Uh, we, we really you know how do we think about what is the what is you know, what is the verb we used, you know. If it's not, owned, it. How do we honor it? Um, you know, it's probably more appropriate. And and we honor it, you know, by recognizing and acknowledging, you know, this terrible, terrible term, diversity, by, by recognizing and acknowledging that what makes the public square a public square is all of this difference, mm. right? That That needs to be, uh recognized you know you don't you don't say i'm not black right <laughs> and, and appreciated and welcomed um and shared you but know. we but again our notions are of ownership mm-hmm. right and and barry you know it's true i mean i don't know how you know it's it's, it's an interesting thing for us to think uh, you know, there's, there's all this uh, stuff about triggering and I, you know, and it's very difficult and complicated stuff and I'm not sure where I come out on it, but I will say it's very hard f- for people to understand the kind of pain that can be experienced by what you just described, Perry, right? Mm-hmm. Because you become invisible,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? You is, you know, you know you you're you're not part of you're not part of that event
0: Mm.
1: right uh you know uh you know and especially the city council and that one in particular Mm. but but it's it's also true every time i go to an event and i hear that you know in jesus name i you know (laughs) and and nobody thinks about that Mm. you know and we all we we're all i mean uh, you know we all misspeak we all are insensitive to others but we have to be willing to kind Mm. of reflect on that and look at
0: that yeah. as a city. Yeah, well, and before, before we started recording, I think we are talking a little bit about this sort of like uh, that's um, like scarcity thing where like it's if, if somebody else is going to get something before we're going to include somebody, then I'm going to lose something. And like Barry, you're sort of in the imagery of city hall, I think like helps me think about that too, is like there was this tiny little piece for like these, these two groups and then the whole city hall for one group. And like what that, and I guess like how, how that plays out on a city level. And you're saying like, you know, these folks that were like representing in us in the city government only made up a small piece of the people that actually lived here. And so, and I wonder like thinking about, I think all of these things, all the history is really important. Like the, the recent history, the, the far past history, like how we like use that as we move forward and like sort of what your, what your hopes are for the city to take away from some of these things.
1: You go. Um,
2: Well, um, I mean, through, I'm involved, as I said, in in a number of local groups, one of them being Safe Medford. Um, And we've been meeting with the mayor and um, trying to get her to um, engage in a, in a, a deeper and more meaningful way with Um, with the broader demographic of the city. And, um, you know, it remains to be seen um, what will actually happen there. Um, She is listening, um, but listening and follow through are not necessarily the same thing. Um, But what we think is needed is for the administration to stop thinking about outreach and start thinking about reaching in, Um, reaching into the community and taking the time and putting in the effort, because as a former community organizer, this isn't easy stuff. Um, This is a major commitment of resources to build connections where you don't have them. and. Um, But she's got to do it. Um, She's got to build connections in the Haitian community. She's got to build connections in the Brazilian community. Um, There are large segments of the population in Medford that are completely disengaged um, from civic and political life, and they need to be engaged. so those connections need to be meaningful, they need to be durable. And I think a part of what has to happen is that um, not only the mayor, but uh, she and the key members of her administration need to look at who's on the speed dial of their cell phones, you know? um, And they need to revamp that speed dial. It needs to include people like David. Um, it needs to include people like Kiara Singleton. It needs to include people like the director of the ICC. It needs to include um, the people from the Chinese um, business community along Riverside Drive. It, it needs to include people other than the old guard that has dominated the politics of the city forever.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go even further, Barry. I'm gonna go to your, your organizing experience, and I, and, and I'm gonna say, um, you, you, you said you, you, used a key phrase, I think, and I, you know, I'm so appreciative. You said they're disengaged, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, to me, engagement is the opposite of outreach outreach is this you know the, the, engagement is an interactive process right in which you come to understand that the people you once characterized as voiceless have a lot to say they aren't voiceless their voices have been excluded or muted right mm-hmm. and so right. and so you know we also before the call we were talking about this whole idea of seats at the table now, and, and I was saying, you know, we need to get rid of the table, mm. the whole idea. And, and, and we need to get rid of the idea of City Hall as this, um, this castle with a moat around it, mm. right? Which is the way people, a lot of people see it. I mean, I might, I might go get a parking stick or something there, but, but it still, it has that, you know, and, and the point is that, uh, you know, and it's interesting because, you know, if, if, if you watch the news lately and you watch Mayor Wu, and the way she inter- the way she moves through the city, mm. right on the subway, right. She, you know, she's, she's, you know, the the, the city needs to be out there, mm. right? <laughs> you know, this this the, the 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 table, as it were, you know. You, you need to get you need to get up from the table, and and get into the city. Mm. Um, and it's you know. And because, you know, I, you know, I. First of all, Barry, I don't want them calling me. But second, of all, <laughs> <laughs> second of all, I, I think there are other people who should be talking to them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, and and they have to, you know, and they have to do the work to know and understand who they are. This not me, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and, and that's you know and, and that's I mean that, and that's that's kind of part of the problem that's that's the typical thing that they would do oh oh let's get David Harris he's a black guy he knows mm-hmm. no you know you need to you, they need to they need to understand what community organizers understand and that is that it's the people on the street who have the knowledge uh, and, and the understanding of what's going on in their lives and and, and how government can and should be, not serving them, but should be partnering with them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? And again, it's all in the language, this idea of serving the people that they know, mm-hmm. um, whose government is it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? And you have to make that, you, you, you have to make that real through action, right? Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and I think speaking yeah. of like the history there, oh, sorry. um like I've heard from folks like I think there there has been I don't know, like harm done to some of these communities by city hall, right? So like when you're when we're when the message is like, come to us, like if you have you know we, we're here to hear what you need, right? Like Dr. Yeah. Divya Nod shared a story with me about how, like she tried to do that and was very much like the the experience totally shut her off and totally shut her daughter off, right? And so, like I, I do like appreciate that perspective of engagement. Um, sorry,
2: Barry. Cut you off there. Right. Yeah. No. I. I think that. Um, yeah. That. That's the point that I was also making about the difference between outreach and inreach. It's like mm-hmm. a figure-ground thing. Like which is which is the reality, and which is the the uh, second to the reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and. We actually described to the mayor a process for doing um, hmm. doing this in in a meaningful way. There's uh, several of us who have who are who were um, professional community organizers said first you you start with what you know you know you start with the known leaders in the community because that's what you know so. You go yeah. to David Harris's, yeah. you go to the pastors of the churches, you go to the business leaders, and you're looking to fill seats on committees and commissions, you do not ask them. <laughs> right. You don't ask them, right. you ask them, where do people congregate? That's right. Who are the who are um, leaders that I don't know about? Right. Um, who are the people that people listen to? Um, and you start getting names. And you don't necessarily invite the second tier of names either. You keep talking and getting ideas and finding, getting the names of more people. And then at some point you come across people who you know can speak well for the community that they live in and who will do a good job.
1: And that's when you start inviting people. Right. Right. no that's right that's right i see i told you i said you know you're the, you're the organizer that's right. that's right so that's right you're right they, I, you know, they can call me but 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 i'm going to i'm going to send them elsewhere
2: mm.
1: that that's the point um but they right so because they don't know i mean and, and no no that's an interesting that's a really important thing um and and it is important for them to understand that so they're they're they're, they're lucky that they have you you know kind of advising them now the question is whether they'll do it
2: uh, mm-hmm.
1: um you know it's it's so you know look i i, I will say this you know um, i have a i have a, a a 20 soon to be 22 year old who's only ever lived in this house he's you know i mean he's in college now but you know when i was a kid i never lived in the same place more than two years in a row um and he he loves west medford Right, and he and his friends—you know—they've all—they've all scattered to different places, and some of them are still here. But they are so tight, and they have such a feeling for this neighborhood. Um, you know, he's when he goes and he says where he's from. He says it's from West Medford, but but the point is, um, you know, there's there are ways in which Medford is a special place. Right. And in in West Medford is certainly a special place. But um, you know, there are things about Medford that that could be that it could be a great city.
0: Hmm.
1: Right. Um, there, there, there are people there you know. You know there are these old, you know, the, there are these Catholic, these old Italian families here, there, and, and they are rich in history and, 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 and culture, right? Mm-hmm. There's so much to share, right? You know, when you think about, uh, and, and it's you know, and there, and, and, and there's, there has to be a way for this yeah and the, the, the government in a way it, it can and should be the facilitator of that greatness.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But but it has to it it takes learning on on, on their part. It's not there there are things that aren't natural to people who are in City Hall that they need they need they need help on. But they're they, they, you know anyway I'm sorry I'm preaching but I the point that, the point I want to make is I think that I do think that Medford could be you know, a, you know, a special city. When I, when we bought this house, we had friends who said, uh, uh, you know, and we bought it very specifically because West Medford had such a, a vibrant Black community. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but as members of the so-called professional class, you know, we, you know, people say, oh, you should just move to Arlington, right? <laughs> you know, you know, so, so you know, better schools. But, I, you know, and, and and my point was, no, no, no. Medford is much better than Arlington. Mm-hmm. And I do have some, I do have some pride in this city, right? And, and in its and its potential and its possibility. Um, you know, but there are things that we need to reckon with here, uh, just like the rest of the country. And part of that is not is getting beyond you know so again you know you'll know this is true so because what they when 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 they think about diversity they they think they think about they yeah, they'll come to West Medford they'll get some of those 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 black middle class families from Medford you know kind of to represent you know but there's so so much more mm-hmm. elsewhere in the city right uh, and so there's this, this tendency to take the easy way right. Mm -hmm. the way that you know right right? and that's the
2: way and the menorah yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: thank you for that um would you add anything to what david shared
2: uh, no, I I I, I think I'm played out.
1: And you've been here longer than I have, you know. So you know, so so I'm I'm curious. I mean, do you have a? I mean, do, I mean, obviously you haven't left, right? So
2: I haven't left. It's. I mean, I I um I moved to West Medford in in uh 1987, um and uh I bought. Uh, the house that I'm living in in North Medford in 1982, in uh, 1992. Um, it was the, uh, the least expensive house on the market in Medford uh, at that time. <laughs> it was uh, quite a fixer-upper. Um, and people would ask me about my neighborhood, you know, thinking Cambridgeport in the 1990s, I don't know if it's still diverse, but Cambridgeport in the 1990s, you know, is it, you know, is is your community diverse? And I'd say, I am the diverse. (laughs) Um, But that's no longer true. Um, This neighborhood is becoming diverse, Um, very diverse. There's like, um, I, I see people of, all different um, ethnicities and races walking uh, around as I often do, um, and it feels really, really nice. Mm -hmm. Um, I also wanna say in 2014, uh, during the Ferguson uprisings, um, I put a, a, a kind of a makeshift Black Lives Matter sign out on my front window. And within a week, I had a rock thrown through my window. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I did the only two reasonable things. One was I reported it to the police. And the other was I put up more signs. (laughs) Um, But now there's Black Lives Matter signs all over the place in my Mm -hmm. neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, so I see a change happening. And... Um, and I'm I'm welcoming the change, and um, City Hall is is just in the first stages of beginning to um, reflect the changes that have been happening in happening in the community for decades.
0: I, I think too, I, so. I grew up in a town that borders Arlington, but and I do I did have friends that had lived in Medford, and it was I think like 80s and 90s. It felt like that was a place where like their family started out, and, until they could move somewhere else, and Like take advantage of a different school system. It does feel like, I don't know, like my history here isn't that long, but like there's a shift in like, this is a place that people want to stay and want to live and want to raise their families. Um, And perhaps it's been like that longer than I've known it to be that, but um, I think that that does speak to like what you're saying, David, about like, how does the government um, sort of uplift the community rather than like dictate, you know, rather than sort of decide for it. And I think there's like interesting things like from what I've heard around like happening around like zoning and charter review that could have some impact on that. But um, I feel these are really thoughtful and um, and interesting things to hear as well.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know, I mean, I think um, you know there are clearly concerns about the future of West Medford. I mean, West Medford is looking quite different, and uh, um, you know, I think you're right. I think it was. It was a starter place, right? That's what people people would come here. They buy houses, and then you know when their kids got of age, they'd go to Winchester or wherever, and they get out. Uh, you know, I think there are there are challenges ahead of us. I mean, I've heard rumors that they now want to bring the green line up here again, um, um, and uh, you know, and the, you know, and it's interesting because those some of those big macro issues, some issues like that, are really important to 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 understand the dynamics. I mean, you know, and, and kind of think about who wants the green line up here.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, it's not the people who live here. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's not the
1: people who live here. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, who who you know whose voice counts then, right? Mm. Um, and how do we how do we process that kind of thing? Um, but yeah, the zoning. I mean, there are there are interesting things on the horizon, and you know, and and those processes those processes have to include the voices of everyone. Mm-hmm. You see, and so there's a there's an educational aspect of it. There's a there's a kind of communication and pub aspect of it of letting people know what's going on, what what the issues are, and then being open to what they have to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's work. You know, that's the work that. that uh, um, Uh, that I fear you know our you know our administrations aren't really accustomed to
0: Mm. yeah and I I did hear something recently about like the term of mayor like the it's just two years and that like that you know I think that could have something to do with like this sense of urgency to get things done and that that ends up that ends up probably does exclude lots of voices because they just and you, you both shared a story before we started recording about uh the choosing the last police chief or the current police chief and and how, and I think that speaks to the power that the mayor is given in, in our charter, and how, you know, maybe like perhaps looking at that or the, I think the, the hopes to look at that and change that to sort of distribute power a little bit more evenly could could also benefit the city as well. Yeah.
1: And we should be thinking about it. I mean, I think, you know, it's also the case that, um, uh, you know, the, the Black candidates for city council can get about 4,000 votes, right? Uh, you know, and and whether, whichever one it is, you know, it's about four thousand votes, and it's always just below the threshold. You hmm. um, know, raises questions about uh, about districts, right? Yep. Raises questions about how we how we organize the political structure of the city.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, those are things that we we should think about and and have conversations about. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily a solution, but um, it, you know if it happens time after time after time after time then there, let's see maybe maybe there are different ways we can we can yeah. we can organize things um yeah
0: talking about like ward representation where yeah yeah
2: definitely yeah yeah, yeah I, I think uh board representation is important i wonder if i mean one thing is. I'm not sure that our city is um, as segregated as other cities where uh, moving toward representation did in, improve. Um, yeah. No, uh, I, no, that's what I'm saying. It's a matter it's a question. But, right,
1: right? Something we have
2: to talk about. Mm. Right. But what it would improve is it would lower the threshold for people trying to enter races. (laughs) And I still think it would be valuable even if it didn't accomplish that goal. Um, I also think that uh, mayoral terms should be four years that they're constantly running for office and um, they don't have any um, ability to do planning that they can count on coming to fruition. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that at the same time as that would give the mayor even more power, that there needs to be a redistribution of power from the Mm -hmm. mayor to the city council, that the long-term dysfunction of city government, where no matter who is the mayor and no matter who's on the city council, um, in my 35 years here, city council and the mayor have been at war. Mm Um, and I think that that comes, uh, at least in part, from the fact that the city council has so little power, mm. that the best it can do is to um, make noise and be obstructionist.
1: Mm. It's, like the, the, it's, like the, it's like our current national government.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no,
1: it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, filibuster, right? <laughs>
0: yeah. what i do hear like you both saying though is like though certainly the city has its problems in and in, in like on macro and, and micro level is that there i think there is like a real like richness to the city when it comes to like interpersonal relationships and and the individuals that make up the city i think that's something that um i've learned a lot from doing this podcast but also even today like i think there have been like points in the conversation where somebody said something that other than a person was able to sort of like amend or like point out. And like I think that's a really good example, right? To be able to have those sort of like um like humor, humorous or like humble conversations with each other about these things that really matter. And I think sometimes when it comes to politics, like the ego pieces get get, get in the way. But I, I do really appreciate both of your reflections and and I, I certainly learned a lot from hearing from both of you. <laughs> you know,
2: if you interview retirees there are people who have largely let go of ego.
1: That's right. That's right. That's right. nobody's gonna fire you or anything. You know? yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, no, it's true. There's a, you know, that's 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 one thing old folks are good for. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: well, I wanted to see if there's anything that either of you want to add or mention, like things that maybe you're doing. That we didn't touch on in this conversation that
1: you wanted to plug or anything like that. Um, yeah, no. I mean, um, no. I mean, I. You know, I think I just there, there there I just would say, you know, Daniel, there's so much going on in the city. I I I really just encourage whoever anybody who's who's watching this or or paying attention to 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 get it, to be part of this engagement, right? uh to find someone or some group who's doing stuff either in your neighborhood or another neighborhood and plug in and um, and uh, drive the engagement um I think that's that's going to be the real engine uh, for 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 moving us forward it's not, you know I think uh, that's the nature that's how you know we the people comes to include all of us you know once we, Uh, once we insert ourselves.
2: I like that as a closing statement.
0: (laughs) 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 Well, thank you both so much, and hopefully we can uh, touch base in the future.
1: That'll be great. I love it. Thank you. It's always fun to talk to you, Barry. I appreciate it and love it. Okay.
0: Thank you so much to David Harris and Barry Aper. As promised, here are some messages for Valentine's Day. One listener, Sharon, has this message for her partner, Ivy. To a talented artist, amazing father, and a loving man, I want to tell everyone how much I love you now and always. You are my love and I am yours. Vanessa shared this message to my forever Valentines, Lily and Frankie. I love you girls more than you could ever know. Thank you for making me smile until my cheeks hurt. Love, mom. Lily, age seven, shared this message. My Valentine's Day message is to all the animals of the world. Every animal has their own color. My favorite is all of them, even a horse or a zebra. Animals of the entire world make my life better. The following audio message from Frankie, age five, is dedicated to her teacher, Miss Lindsay, her friend Wyatt, and her mom. Please enjoy a few other recorded messages. thank you for teaching me
1: and why one day can i marry you um and you're my boyfriend and i love you mom
0: hello um this is joe hogan um i just wanted to send a valentine's message to all our neighbors on Cobb street that love hanging out with us i just wanted to say happy valentine's day just know you're appreciated by this house. Thanks for all these great times. Bye. Um, hey, I'm just making a Valentine's message and I would like to give a Valentine's message to my classmates and everyone at the Lobbett Elementary School. They have been such good classmates and I would just like to send a Valentine's message to them. Happy Valentine's Day. Um. So, um, I like to sit next to Mr. Giddens because I like him. And, uh, so, um, I like to give you Valentine's and some, um, I'm gonna give Valentine's to my friends. Bye, love you. What's your name? Cool, bye, love you thank you so much to listening to today's episode and as always if you have feedback about this episode or ideas for future episodes you can email medfordpod at gmail.com you can also subscribe rate and review the podcast on spotify and apple podcasts thanks so much for listening and happy valentine's day Guys, what's the name of the podcast? Never Bites.
1: Never Bites.
0: <laughs> Go dog.